0: If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12. That's where we're going to be at this morning. We are uh, continuing uh, in our series on the happy family. Start to wind that thing down. Um, so what's interesting about uh, this morning's message is originally it was supposed to be last weekend when our, our kids were in the room. Um, which is somewhat funny because uh, <laughs> this morning is about discipline. Right, we hate our, our kids. Really missed out on this, right? But um, we're going to talk about discipline this morning. So, just to kind of catch up, two weeks ago we talked about family discipleship and uh, kind of what that looks like in the home. Just sort of leveraging those naturally occurring moments to point our tr- children towards Jesus. Uh, when we uh, when we sit in our homes, when we walk by the way, or you know, as we as we go about our day, um, every day presents an opportunity for us to teach our kids about. God and his love and about Jesus and what he's done for us. And so if you have young children still in your home, I have, hope you've, you've had the opportunity to do that. Um, if not, the, the opportunity is still there, right? His mercies are new every morning. So with that said, though, we're going to move on this this morning to discipline, which um, kind of is still a part of discipleship, right? Discipline is still a part of discipleship. And so what I want to do this morning, though, just just to kind of set the the foundation we're going to build on, is I don't, my goal is not to talk about methods of discipline this morning, okay? Um, That could be a debate that we could go on and on and on about. Um, Probably one I'm not even qualified to really say much about, right? Every family's different, every child's different. Um, Sometimes if you see my kids running around, you'd be like, man, he needs to discipline those kids. Uh, So I don't want to talk about methods of discipline, Right? What I want to talk about is just the, uh, the meaning of discipline. Right? So um, I don't want to have the debate as to why you should or should not spank your kids or whether you should put your kids in time out and let them think about what they've done. That's right? not my goal this morning. I just want to talk about the role of discipline, the goal of discipline in, in the family, uh, in parenting. So with that said, Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 5 through 11 And uh, then we'll we'll unpack it a little bit. So, starting in verse five, it says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And then he, he quotes actually a proverb here. He says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So, uh, context this morning. Right, this is this is not primarily a passage on parenting. Right, what's happening here? If you are familiar at all with the Book of Hebrews, uh, the author is writing to a group of Jewish Christians. They, they were Jewish. They they've come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So they've followed Jesus as Savior, and because of that, they're experiencing uh, pain. They're experiencing difficulties as a result of sort of their 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 transition from believing that the Jewish, uh, following the, the Jewish law to um, to being followers of Jesus. And so, uh, because of their unpleasantness, some of some of them were tempted to turn back to. Uh, to Judaism and to, to following the, the law and obeying the law as, as sort of the, the means for earning God's acceptance and approval and love. And so um, what, what the author's doing here is he's, he's writing to to encourage them: hey, don't, don't turn back. Even though it's difficult, even though it's it's unpleasant, God is doing something in this. And so context is primarily about how God uh, disciplines his, his sons, his, his chosen people. All right, that's the context here. Uh, and in fact, that's what he's, he, like. The word discipline pops up nine different times in just those few verses. Right, but but the discipline that, that we talk about here, that's being written about here, is how God disciplines uh, His own. Right, but that's here's the connection to parenting: is that um, as parents, all right, we are we are God's ordained authority in the lives of our children. Right? We are not the ultimate authority in the lives of our children. That's reserved for God and God alone. But we are the appointed authority in the lives of our children. Right? So that our children, uh, through our discipline, through our, our leading them, right, would, would learn what it looks like to, to live under the authority of someone else, specifically under God's authority. Right? Because uh, in, in a very w- real way, like we as parents are, are tangible Representations of, of God to our children again, we are not God that's not what i'm saying but but we represent this authority, and so as we discipline them, our children are learning what it's like to to live under authority to submit to authority and so as we discipline our children as we lead our families uh, for, for better or, for better or worse, like our children are going to relate to God as they as they as they relate to us, as they see us disciplining them. Okay, So if that feels weighty to you this morning, uh, I think it's, it's supposed to. Right? That puts a lot of weight on our shoulders as, as parents. So, uh, so we're going to talk about discipline specifically as parents. Right? What does it mean to discipline our children? But there's also something in here this morning for all of us. So if you're here and you're not a parent or your children are grown past uh, the point where you discipline them. Uh, the reality is, is, there's still plenty here for us to learn because, again, this passage is primarily about how God disciplines us. All right? So, uh, here's what I got. I got five, five points this morning. Okay? And the first one is this Discipline is not equal to punishment. All right? Discipline is not equal to punishment. So, one of the things that I consider doing, um, again, this was supposed to be last week when all our kids were in the room. Uh, I considered asking some of our kids what comes to mind when they hear the word discipline. And I, the, the timing may have spared some of you, right? That would have been awkward. Could have been potentially really awkward. So uh, so we'll, we'll just take that as, uh, as, as what it is. But I won't ask you this morning. But my guess is that when you hear the word discipline, for most of us, what comes to mind is the word punishment, right? Um, maybe that was just... Uh, Maybe that's not true for you. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that was just my, my childhood. Maybe I was disciplined more than most, uh, or punished more than most. But, but oftentimes, when we hear the word discipline, what comes to mind is punishment.? Right? And, and punishment is part of discipline, but discipline is much more than just punishment. OK? And so if you, uh, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it for you. It'll be on the screens. But 1 Corinthians chapter nine. This is what Paul writes in verses 25 through 27. He says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline. So there's our word. I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I disqual- I myself should be disqualified. Right, so for Paul here, what he's saying is, it's discipline. It's it's not just all negative. Like discipline is a form of of training. Right? He relates it to an athlete who's training to uh, so that they're prepared for the task ahead. And so, discipline at its core is is not just punishment, although it can involve punishment. But discipline is really training. Right? That's what discipline is. And we see that in verse uh, verse eleven of our text, Hebrews chapter twelve, down in verse eleven, it says that. Uh, that, that discipline yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So discipline is primarily, primarily training. Right? And so, again, for the audience here, the Hebrews, that yeah, were experiencing um, difficulties and pain and, and even suffering at times, what, what the author is reminding them right, is even in their difficulties, even in their pain, even in their suffering, um, th- this is training them. Right? God is not punishing them. Right, because they 've decided to follow jesus right they they're not puni- god 's discipline is not punishment okay we'll get to that uh, a little more in just a minute like the 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 Israelites were being disciplined they're being trained by God to see him as of uh supreme value over their comfort over their convenience like god and and, and their relationship with Christ was most valuable to them right and in their in their pain and their suffering and their unpleasant experiences, that's what they were being trained in, was to learn that and to believe that. And The same is true for us. All right, if you're here this morning and um, you, know, you, you experience the discipline of the Lord, know that if you are in Christ, it is not punishment for you. Right, God is disciplining you for your good, right, for your benefit, for your growth, okay? So discipline is, uh, is not equal to punishment. So when it comes to us as parents, we train our kids. We, we've got to think um, beyond merely punishment when it comes to discipline. Right? Our discipline is our way of, of training our children. Right? Forming them and shaping them as God has called us to. So uh, with that said, moving on to, to point two. So one, discipline is not equal to punishment. But two, discipline is an act of love. All right, discipline is an act of love. Uh, look at verse 6. The author writes, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So, so all throughout this passage, you've got this language of, of sons, right? that we are um, sons of God. Those of us who have trusted in Jesus as Savior are sons. All right, and that's a relationship, that, that parent-child relationship. We just sang about it. Um, that is a relationship that's built on love. All right, and so we think about discipline. What, what we're saying here is that, um, that when God disciplines, it is an act of love. Again, not an act of, of punishment. When God disciplines us, it's an act of his love, just as uh, we discipline our children because we, ultimately because we love them. God's discipline of us is is an act of of his love because it's who he is. If you first John, right, he writes that God is love. So everything that that God does is ultimately an act of love. So God's discipline of us is an act of love. And in the same way, our discipline for our our, our kids is to be an act of love. Right? Think about um, here's the reality is God does not discipline out of anger right God does not discipline us out of anger right his just just the the gospel message right that God sent his son Jesus to pay the full price for our sins to absorb the punishment for our sins the the word that big theological word that would be used for that is is propitiation right that Jesus satisfied God's wrath for our sins. That's what that word means. He was a propitiation for our sins. So because of that, when God disciplines us, there's no wrath or anger that remains on us because all that was poured out on Jesus. So God's discipline is not an overreaction to his anger or his wrath. His discipline is an act of love for those of us who are in Christ. So let me get practical here for us as parents. We think about what this means for us. One, we want to we want to discipline from love, not out of an angry overreaction. Easier said than done. All right, those of you that have kids, you know that. Or those of you that already raised kids, you know that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Right? It's our, our discipline should not be just an angry overreaction. Um, and again, whenever we, we fall into that, the good news is that Jesus forgives us where we sin. Right? That's the good news. But, uh, but, but practically for us as parents, sometimes it means we just got to stop and take a moment before we administer discipline. Right? Because we should discipline our children in whatever form that looks like for you when we are most calm and most under control. Because that's how God disciplines us. God does not discipline us out of some crazy overreaction, uh, heat of the moment, like flips, loses his cool, and disciplines. That's not how God disciplines his children. God's never out of control, right? And so, so for us, as we, again, as we're showing our kids what, what it looks like to live under God's authority and to submit to his authority, we should discipline as he disciplines. And that's under control, not out of anger. All right? If if anything, God's discipline... God is patient towards us. Right? I mean, just so unbelievably patient with us. So, discipline is not equal to punishment. Discipline is an act of love. The third thing is this. Discipline is future-focused. All right, look at verses 10 and 11. It says, For the moment... All discipline. I'm sorry, back up. For they disciplined us for a short time. So we're talking about our earthly fathers. They disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, so temporary, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, or in the future, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the, the, one of the, the significant phrases here is where he says that uh, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. And right, the word holiness is just this idea of, of kind of sinlessness or, or perfection or this set apart, right, holiness. Now here's the, the reality when it comes to holiness. Um, none of us will experience perfect holiness on this side of eternity. Right? Because we live in the flesh. We're always going to wrestle with our our sinful desires. None of us are perfect. And so on this side of eternity, none of us will fully uh, experience what it means to be perfectly holy, sinless, perfect. Okay, we are. So maybe a good way to think about it is this: we have been saved from the penalty of sin. Okay, that's salvation. We are being saved right now, in this moment, we are being saved from the the power of sin in our lives. That's sanctification. But then we will one day be saved fully and completely from the presence of sin in eternity. Right? We will share his holiness. And so when the author says that that he disciplines us so that we may share his holiness, he has eternity in mind. Right? Because that's when we'll fully share in God's holiness is, is on the other side of eternity. So God's Discipline is, is not just for the here and now, though, though it is for the here and now, but ultimately God's discipline is for eternity, right? He, he disciplines us with eternity in mind. And if there's ever a lesson for us to learn as we parent and discipline our kids, it would be this, right? Our discipline, the way we train and shape and form our kids, um, should be more than just here and now in this moment. Right? It should it should go beyond uh, the, the moment of disobedience in your kids. Right? We discipline for for more than just that. Right? We discipline for for eternity. Right? We we train for eternity. The the, ver, the ver, Let me slow down for a second here. Okay. The verse that we uh, read a few weeks ago about how when a, we train up a child or, or discipline a child in the way that he should go and later, right, he will, he will return to it. It's this idea of our, our discipline now, our training now, is not just for now. It's for years down the road and, and ultimately it's for eternity that we may share, we share in his holiness. And so here's the fourth thing. Discipline is for righteousness, not conformity. This, this kind of goes with, with the previous point. All right, verse 11. It says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Right. Here he says that the goal of discipline The the result of discipline is the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So the fruit of godly discipline is righteousness. When God disciplines us, it's not just so that we would behave a little better. Now, should we live in obedience to God's commands more consistently? Yes. When God disciplines us, he's, he's training us, it's not just so that we would be a little more well-behaved. Okay, What he's ultimately getting at is, is he wants to get un, under our, our, our actions, under our behaviors, and, and get to the heart. All right, the, the, God's discipline of us is, is not just for uh, behavior modification, but ultimately to get to the, the desires of our hearts, All right, the fruit of righteousness. All right, now here's, we are, So when we are saved, when you trust in Jesus, you are declared righteous. that's, That's yours. However, that usually takes a while for us to kind of learn to live out, right? I don't know what your story was. Maybe you trusted Jesus and all of a sudden, like your life completely changed and you never struggled with anything ever again. That was certainly not my story. Okay? And so... Though we are declared righteous, it takes a while for, for our, the desires of our heart to kind of fall in line with, with what God's good and righteous desires are. And so that's why God disciplines us to, to bring our desires, not just our behaviors, but to bring our desires in line with, with who He is and what He desires for our lives. And so when we, we talk about the fruit of righteousness, th- this is our goal as parents. Right? When we discipline our kids... It's more than just behavior modification. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm going to confess. That's a lot easier said than done. Right? It's really easy in the moment to make some, some threats. Right? If you do that again, right? Or, or maybe the, the bribes. Anybody ever parent with bribes? Just me? Okay, perfect. Uh, I'll just confess all my faults and failures as a parent up here. Right? But... But we, we want to go beyond just making threats to get them to behave a certain way in the moment. We want to go beyond just bribing them to behave a certain way in the moment. Right, our parenting, our, our discipline should get underneath all that to get at their hearts, the desires of their hearts. Right, we discipline and train to, to hopefully over time line up our children's hearts and their desires with what God says they should desire. Righteousness. right? The, the, the goal of discipline, the goal of training is righteousness. Not just some conformity to some rules, not just to uh, to temporarily get the behavior we want, but so that their hearts would come in line with what God desires for their lives. Right? That's, that's what it means to be uh, trained in, in righteousness, to grow in righteousness. So the next thing. So we got... Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is an act of love. Discipline is future-focused. Discipline is for righteousness, not conformity. And here's the fifth thing. Discipline involves both actions and words. All right, discipline involves both actions and words. So if you uh, you read through your Old Testament, what you'll find is that God is, is constantly, uh, he, he forms a people for himself, right? Israel, even, even before that, God's constantly laying out, Here's what I expect of you in relationship with me. All right, we see it as early as uh, Genesis, right? the Garden of Eden. God creates everything. It's awesome. It's beautiful. We'll probably look at some of that here in the next few weeks. But uh, he, he creates everything, and He puts man in the garden, and He gives man very clear expectations. And then He gives man very clear consequences. If he breaks those, those expectations, or if he does not meet those expectations... And you follow that all through the Old Testament. God is constantly uh, telling His people, "Here's what I expect of you as you live in relationship with Me, and here are the consequences if you fail to meet those expectations." And if you know the Old Testament, like their whole story is just like it's like a pendulum, right? They're they're in relationship with God, close, and everything's going well, and then they end up over here, and God disciplines, and there's right consequences, and then they come back and. Right, I'll just read through the book of, of Judges, man. That, that book is just like, what in the world is going on here? Right? And that's how God clearly communicates his, his expectations and God clearly communicates the consequences. And just practically speaking, for, for us as parents, if we're going to discipline our children in, in the way that God disciplines us, to be, a, to be a, an example of godly discipline, means that there's clear expectations and there's clear consequences. Right? It's it's clearly communicating. This is what is expected of you in our family. This is what's expected of you in our home. This is what's expected of you when you uh in, in school. This is what's you know, fill in the blank. Whatever the situation is, we want to clearly communicate with our children what the expectations are. Because this is how God disciplines us right we have this we have his word right God clearly communicates to us what his expectations are as we live in relationship with him and then there are clear consequences for when we fail to do that there's clear consequences and so with our children we communicate the expectations but then we also communicate the consequences when they fail to meet those expectations and the other thing is when they fail to meet those expectations, the, the consequences should be painful. And I'm not talking just physically painful, right? Maybe if spanking is, is the way you administer discipline. Um, that's the way I was disciplined. One of the ways I was disciplined when I was younger. I've been, anybody like me, I, I, I've been spanked with just whatever was an arm's length, right? Hand, belt, fly swatter, right? Just whatever, whatever mom could grab, and, right? But yeah. But beyond that, what, what I'm getting at is, is, discipline should be, or I'm sorry, um, consequences should be painful. Right? It, it's not meant to be pleasant, right? Now, like it's that's what the verse 11 says, right? That uh, that for the moment, all discipline seems painful. All right, when we discipline, uh, and that discipline um, ends up in consequences or ends up in punishment then it should be something unpleasant for our kids whether it's being spanked whether it's removing something that they enjoy whether whatever that looks like for you it should be an unpleasant experience but it's better that our children experience uh, a little pain and a little discomfort and a little unpleasantness now than on down the road when when because they've they've failed to understand what it means to be disciplined, they've failed to know what it means to live under authority, that they experience far more significant consequences, right? far more lasting consequences, significant regrets, right? whether that's in this life or, or God forbid, for eternity. Right? It, it's better that our, our kids experience a little unpleasantness now than for all eternity. Does it mean that you have to enjoy administering discipline, right, or administering consequences. In fact, I would say if you do enjoy it, like we probably need to have another conversation, right? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love punishing my kids, right? If they're watching right now, they're like, that's not true, okay? I don't like punishing my kids. I don't. Sometimes I think that, that verse... 11, right, that all discipline in the moment seems painful. I feel like that's just as much for parents as it is for for the kids sometimes. But it's necessary that our children learn there are consequences when they fail to live up to expectations. Because, again, we're training them towards eternity. And they need to know that there are consequences for failing to live in relationship with God. There are consequences for that. So um, here's, we talk about discipline. Here's why it matters. Because there's so much at stake. There's so much at stake for our kids. If we were to read on through, I'm not going to read it, but if we were to fast forward in Hebrews 12, we'd read about Esau. And if you know anything about his story, um, way back in, in the book of Genesis, in this one moment of his life, just total lack or lapse of discipline. Esau gives up his birthright, gives up his, his entire inheritance for a single meal in one moment. Just one lapse in discipline. Gives up, gives up everything that was coming to him for something that was temporary. Right? There's, and there's lasting consequences in the text that says that that there was no chance for him to to get it back. There's no chance to repent. We discipline now. We discipline our kids now. So they don't end up like Esau, giving up what's theirs, giving up their inheritance, their eternal inheritance for something temporary. That's why we discipline. And in the same way, that's, that's why God disciplines us right so that we don't give up we don't give up what's ours to inherit for all eternity for some simple fleeting temporary pleasure now right, that's why god disciplines us so here's here's uh, here's a, listen we want our kids to be happy right i don't think there's any parent that doesn't want your kids to be happy but far more than that we want our children to, to, like it says in verse, uh, verse 10, to share, share in the holiness, to share in God's holiness. Right? We, when it comes to our children, we discipline because we're more concerned with their holiness than their happiness. Right? So here's where I want to land the plane this morning is, is just with this. Right? Hebrews if you bounce back into the first couple verses of Hebrews, I'm not going to read them, but, but this, ch- this chapter that we've kind of looked at this morning, at least in part, it begins in the first two verses with Jesus. And what it tells us is that, uh, that Jesus, the perfect, sinless Son of God, endured the cross for our sin. The only, the only person who never needed to be disciplined by the Father Came and gave his life and paid the penalty, the punishment for all of us who need to be constantly disciplined by the Father. That's the good news of Jesus. So, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you never trusted in Jesus. What I want you to know is the punishment for your sin still like it's still on you. If you're not a Christian, like your sin will be punished. Either you'll experience that for all eternity or you can trust in Jesus who paid the price and endured the punishment for your sin on the cross. So if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, the punishment for your sin sin still hangs over your head. But it doesn't have to because there's an invitation here to come and to repent and to trust in Jesus and to be adopted into his family as a son like we've read all about this morning. And if you're here this morning and you are a Christian, you are a believer, there's been a moment in your life where you've trusted in Jesus, what I want you to know and be encouraged by this morning is that no punishment remains for your sin. All all of it, past, present, future, paid for in full by Jesus if you've trusted in him. There's no punishment that remains for your sin. But discipline remains. Right? Discipline remains. It's not an act of God's wrath. It's not an act of God's anger. It is an act of his love. It's that you would grow in righteousness, that you would grow towards holiness. And God's discipline is always for your good. It's always for your good. So you pray with me this morning. Father, we come to you this morning. um, Thank you for your word. Um, Father, I pray um, just this morning, I pray specifically for those of us that still have the weighty task of of raising and disciplining our children. Um, Father, I pray that you would just help us, give us wisdom to do that. Help us to remember that as we we lead them and as we shepherd their hearts, um, Lord, we, we are an example of in a way, a tangible example of your authority in our lives. Um, we're an example of that to our children, both for better and for worse. And so help us to feel the weight of that as we, as we discipline our children. Help us to, to discipline them as you discipline us. Oh, it is an act of love. It is an act of training. It is, it is for our future that we may share in holiness. Lord, and then for all of us here in this room who who would say we've trusted in Jesus, we are Christians, help us to remember that because of Jesus, there's no more punishment for our sin, that he absorbed all of that on the cross. That when he said it is finished, it means that it is finished. There's nothing more for us to do. There's no more punishment for us to to, to endure, but that you, you will continue to discipline us and so, Lord, help us, to not, help us not to regard your discipline lightly. Lord, help us to believe and to trust and to know that you are disciplining us for our good. Even if we don't understand it in the moment. Or even when we endure things in this life that, that we cannot understand why you would allow us to do it. Lord, help us to, to understand that you are disciplining us for our good, according to your good purposes for our lives. And then, Father... Uh, if there's any here this morning that have just never trusted in you, that have never repented of their sins, and never trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin, I pray they would do that. That invitation is open to them. I pray that they would, uh, Lord, they would step out from under the punishment of sin, but into, uh, Lord, into the embrace of a loving Father. I pray they would do that this morning. So, Lord, we love you. That your spirit would work in our lives, that we would respond in ways that are pleasing and honoring to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.